0: Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today my guest is Michael Walsh and he is the chief for the lock and dam section of the Illinois Waterway Projects. He's with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and we're going to be talking today a little bit of kind of a recap of the work that just finished for 2019 on the Illinois Waterway and talking a little bit about what we can expect moving forward into 2020 because we know that was the longer closure to begin with so we'll be updating on that today before we bring in mike i want to take a moment to recognize and thank our admiral sponsors who support ajlca at the highest level they are beneteau curtis stokes and associates dog river marina passagemaker trawler fest skipper bob publications and waterway guide media As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, Mike Walsh, thank you for joining me on Great Loop Radio today.
1: Um, My pleasure, Kim. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. And uh, you, of course, were so helpful and instrumental in helping us to get our members through the Illinois Waterway this season as uh, the situation changed a couple of times. So first of all, I know you had a ton of things on your plate, but you were always very responsive to my questions so I could disseminate that information. So thank you for that, first and foremost. We really appreciate that partnership and communication channel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Anytime.
0: So to start off with, for those who maybe are kind of new to the topic, um, this is kind of an ongoing closure plan, maintenance plan for the Illinois Waterway locks. But tell us a little bit about the locks on the Illinois Waterway. Um, when were they constructed? Was there an expected lifetime at that particular point in time? And and you know where do we stand today?
1: Sure. Uh, most of the locks on the Illinois Waterway, there's there's eight in total of them, or eight in total starting from you know T.J. O'Brien Lock up there, just a few miles south of. Like Michigan, all the way down to uh, LaGrange Lock and Dam down there in Versailles, Illinois. Uh, most of the eight were built uh, in the late 20s, early 30s. Um, T.J. O'Brien being the exception to that, they they were built much later. Um, all these locks were built with an expected lifespan of about 50 years, and of course we are we are way past that. And while you know we have done our best to to upkeep these locks and keep them operating over the years, um, we've we've kind of reached a point to where. There are some major maintenance that is, is needed at all these locks and dams and uh, some of the closures we experienced this year and the more, the more substantial closure next year and again in 2023 are, are all um, planned closures to address some of those major maintenance concerns.
0: Yeah, and and frankly, it's amazing that uh, we've made it this far past the expected life expectancy for those locks. Um, And I know funding has kind of been an ongoing issue for doing the needed maintenance. So congratulations on getting the consolidated closure plan underway, because we certainly know that that maintenance is needed. Let's kind of start with recapping 2019, what the plan was and how that project or that portion of the project actually went.
1: Sure, so the plan for 2019 was uh, to install bulkhead slots at both uh, Marsales and Starved Rock locks. And what these allow us to do is they allow us to stack bulkheads at either end of the lock. And then what we'll do next year is we'll actually pump the water out between those two stacks of bulkheads. And that's how we dewater the lock chamber. Uh, prior to or without these bulkheads being installed, we wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, a lot of our locks already had bulkhead slots at at least one end uh mark sales and starve rock were were the same they had bulkhead slots at the lower end we had to install the slots at the upper end and this is kind of pre-work leading up to 2020 uh, this year overall um things went well as far as construction goes the the biggest um the biggest delays for us were obviously caused by weather and we had near record you know flooding in the spring of of 2019 the spring that the kind of delayed the start of the project just a little bit and caused some delays in us getting materials uh, barged up to those locks for that work. And then again, later in the year, we experienced a second high water event, um, which again, impacted uh, finishing up those projects. You know, it was done, but we were able to, to make some adjustments. We, we altered the construction methods a little bit, and we were finally able to get that work completed. Overall, with everything that was given to us this year, I think I think everything was executed very well, but again, you can never you can never underestimate what mother nature is going to throw at you and how much it can it could potentially impact work.
0: Yeah, and mother nature certainly was the wild card in so many places this year. Um I guess if I'm remembering correctly, it was around October 11th when the work for this year was completed. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. Yep, and I'm showing October 12th uh was the final closure that we opened up.
0: Okay. Yep. Um, so that's done. That's in the history books. Uh, we, and I I was really surprised actually when, uh, you and I were communicating and we were trying to figure out, um, from AGLCA's perspective, how many members we still had, um, above the closure. And it was way more than I would have anticipated. Um, so it was really helpful to know kind of what to expect. And that's why I want to set the stage for what's expected to happen for 2020, so kind of if you would go ahead and review that plan um, I know there's work happening on many of the locks but of course it really only takes one to stop progress down the waterway um, so kind of give me um, just an overview of the work and the dates that you expect the closure to take place
1: yeah absolutely and I'll start at the bottom of the river uh, okay. with LaGrange Lock and Dam um, that full closure for LaGrange Lock and Dam is scheduled for July 1st to September 30th um, that is uh, for a major rehabilitation there. The contractor has actually been wor- uh, uh, on site this whole summer, um, performing work there leading up to, to the big closure next year. Of course, they've been impacted too by the high water, but we're still pretty confident that that everything appears to be on schedule for the major 2020 closure. Again, that's July 1st to September 30th next year. Uh, moving up River Puri Lock and Dam, that project uh, is supposed to start July 6th, and that'll go through September 30th. Again, that'll be a full closure at Puria from July 6th to September 30th. Uh, we'll move up to Starve Rock. Uh, that closure starts on July 1st and goes through October 29th. So, Starve Rock is our longest closure period out of all the locks. Um, that is a much larger project, uh, not as big as LaGrange, but bigger than Peoria. Starve Rock is getting uh, all new gates at both ends. Um, the anchorages are being replaced. And we're making some pretty significant electrical upgrades there as well that are that are much overdue. And much the same for Marsales. Marsales will be closed from uh, July 6th through October 29th. Um, a lot of the work there will, again, involve the miter gates, anchorages. Um, not as much electric. Electrical work, but we do have some uh, other work that needs to be performed there. And then as we move up to Dresden Island, Dresden Island is, uh, will be under a partial closure. Uh, that'll be kind of similar to what we've seen at Star Rock and this year. Uh, the partial closure, the daytime closures, will be from July 6th through October 3rd, and then again October 25th to the 28th. And they will be in a full closure. Um, October 4th to October 24th, uh, much like what we've seen at, at Star of Rock and Marcel's this year. And that is for the installation of the bulkhead slots. And that is in preparation uh, for the dewatering effort that will take place at, at Dresden Island in, in 2023. Um, we had Brandon Roadlock on the schedule. It lined up perfectly with Dresden. Unfortunately, um, we were not able to get that contract awarded this year. Uh, we are still looking at alternatives and, and, and seeing what other options we have to potentially uh, complete that work this year. Um, but unfortunately, I don't have any, any more of an update than that on Brandon Road at this time. But we are trying our best to, to get that work awarded and uh, keep that lined up with the, the same schedule as Dresden Island.
0: Okay. So essentially, you know, if you, if you look across the system, it's, it's basically, um, July 1st through October 29th or so is the scheduled closure. Um, that is correct. If Brandon road does not get awarded, is it a potential that that could get pushed to 2021 or some other timeframe?
1: That, that is to be determined. We, we obviously would love to have those bulkhead slots in before 2023 when we have a dewatering plan there. Um, and we, we absolutely need those bulkhead slots in place in order to perform the dewatering there. So in order to keep our 2023 schedule for Brandon Road, we will have to uh, look at every possible option to get that done. Now, once once we know what our abilities are going to be and, and when we think we can do that, uh, we will actually start coordinating that, uh, more so with the navigation industry, um, to try to alleviate as much of those impacts on navigation as we can. But Uh, As far as a a guess right now on when that work might be performed, uh, I really do not have a a clear answer or path forward.
0: Okay. And is the primary issue with that award a a funding issue, or is it more of looking for the the right contractor?
1: Uh, Honestly, a lot of it seems to be contractor shortages. We're using so many uh, contractors that specialize in this work uh, for work at the other sites that um our thought is that they're just uh overbooked at this point so to speak um and i shouldn't say they're overbooked right now but if they took on this additional job they would probably be spreading themselves too thin and and we really need to make sure that we can uh get somebody in there that's going to be able to perform the work and get it done within the deadlines and these short closure windows that that we've been advertising
0: right and that makes perfect sense Um, So one of the questions I hear a lot when I'm trying to explain to our members what's happening is why this particular time of year? And obviously, um, and I think a lot of people maybe don't realize what large percentage of the traffic coming through this waterway is commercial and not pleasure craft. Um, So, of course, that traffic uh, has much more say and has more priority than the, the recreational vessels. Um, so I know you had specific reasons, because for, from a, a recreational vessel point of view, these are probably some of the worst months for it to be closed. But when you know the story behind that, it makes a whole lot more sense. So share with us, if you can, why this July, August, September, October time frame was selected.
1: Well, there's actually two reasons for that. One, and the primary reason is we, ha- we have two sites here on the Illinois Waterway that are pretty prone to flooding in LaGrange and Peoria Lock and Dam historically speaking the august september october time frame is the time of year where it's least likely <clears throat> excuse me at least likely to be overtopped with flood waters so that's the primary reason because mother nature is still obviously our largest risk out there anytime you're doing anything on the river um you know there's always that potential for flooding but if we try to offset that risk then we have to stick with our historical averages which indicate to us that this time of year is probably our safest bet to perform this work without worrying about flooding. The other the other portion of that, as you mentioned, is the commercial navigation industry. And typically here in Illinois, harvest season will start late September into early October. And when that happens, we see a, a, a mass increase in, in tonnage being shipped on the Illinois waterway. So we need to try to position these closures in such a period where we're, where we're taking or assuming as less risk as possible for one, but also that we're we're not impacting navigation too terribly much. Now we are getting into the harvest season still with this, you know, some of these closures going into October, but, you know, most facilities have enough storage they can get by for those, those few weeks. But a lot of our tonnage, again, uh, revolves around agriculture on this, on this waterway. So it's important to us that, and our customers that, that we try to keep the river open with the least amount of uh, impacts as possible during those extremely busy times. Mm
0: -hmm. Mike, I don't recall at this point if it was you or someone else that I was talking to shortly after this plan was announced, um, who also mentioned that some of this work would be next to impossible to do in freezing temperatures, which was another reason to kind of, you know, fit it in so to speak before the the real um peak time of the first frost might be is that still true i mean is that is that part of the reason for the schedule
1: yeah i mean that's that's all things that go into you know when we consider construction like this i mean concrete does not like to be placed when it's when it's cold um you can do it it just requires so much more effort um And and control measures in place to keep that concrete curing properly when it gets that cold. Um, And in order for us to, again, you know, stay out of the typical high water uh, times of year, and with the least amount of impacts to industry, the fall time frame seems to work out better, but it also works out better for construction, too. I mean, all this work uh, is a lot harder to do in the wintertime. It's not that it can't be done in the wintertime. It's just that we could get the same work performed, for less money, if we don't have to take in, into account all those extra considerations of of the work being performed in some freezing sub freezing temperatures. Sure.
0: Okay. So obviously, we've mentioned a few times the the spring floods in 2019 were substantial, uh, mm-hmm. and of course now we're sitting here in mid November and seeing very early freezes in lots of places. Does that have you concerned at all if we have kind of a weather repeat of this year in 2020?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of concern. And like I mentioned before, weather is our biggest risk for this whole project. Um, More so with with LaGrange and Peoria Lock. Uh, The upper locks can handle, you know, uh, some higher water events without much implications to construction. Um, But again, starting the closures on July 1st, uh, we're confident in our construction schedules, but at the same time, in the back of all of our heads, there's obviously that concern out there for weather. You, you never know what you're going to get. We hope that next year's not a repeat of this year. Um, again, we don't want to see a drought either. Uh, we'd like to find that happy medium and hopefully have a good, a good year with uh, weather that'll allow us to continue construction, um, but still allow navigation in between those locks to where we're not having to worry about groundings or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, weather's a concern, but it, you know, that's the nature of doing work on the river. I mean, weather's always going to be a concern. The river fluctuates very quickly. Um, luckily for us, we have we have some pretty good contractors on board. Um, everybody's got plans for high water events, so we're we're very comfortable with where everything is at right now.
0: Okay, so given that answer, I assume then there's really no possibility that the work might start earlier than schedule to try to avoid running into an early winter.
1: Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Uh, our like you had mentioned before, our earliest dates are going to be July 1st, um, some with July 6th. Uh, those are dates that we have contracted with contractors already. So there's pretty much zero chance that any work would start earlier than, than what is advertised right now.
0: That's good to know. We have a um, certain contingency of our members who kind of homeport on the Great Lakes that you know typically would be coming through in September or October, but there's a, a good number of them who actually plan to come through before the closure. Um, and either do some extended cruising on some of the rivers or store the boat for a few months until it gets to be September or October. So I know we've got some coming through early that will be happy to hear that. Um, I want to take a quick break to play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the lessons learned from this year and how we can apply them to next year. So we'll be back in a moment. Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by both the Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob? Use them to plan your Great Loop cruise and learn about the places you can visit. In the cockpit, important navigation info is always ready at your side, plus marina listings, anchorages, services, and so much more. Each Skipper Bob and Waterway Guide is updated yearly, and waterwayguide.com and skipperbob.net keep you current with navigation alerts, cruising news, fuel prices, and special deals. With the Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob at the helm, you'll always be on course, Order yours today at the AGLCA ship store at greatloop.org. Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob are proud sponsors at the Admiral level with AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Mike Wall. She is the chief for the lock and dam section on the Illinois Waterway Project with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And Mike is kind of filling us in on how things went in 2019 with the lock maintenance on the Illinois Waterway. And we're, of course, all looking towards 2020 and what we can expect that year. Um, Mike, from a project perspective, you know, and it was mostly, as we've said, a weather factor, but it did run a little bit over the scheduled time frame this year so any lessons learned for there from the project perspective that you know anything that might happen differently in 2020 from what you originally anticipated
1: uh no i mean we really i mean we're our contractors and everybody working even our internal crews are going to be working lock, locks and dams you know performing maintenance this upcoming year everybody's going to have high water plans in place and you know in 2019 we had high water action plans in place too you know the issue is we didn't expect the high water in the spring Um, not as not near record anyway i mean we always expect some high water in the spring but it was it was a near record event that that you know delayed the start of the project a little bit um it was it was really uh a prolonged event uh that went on for quite a few days um and then again the high water event that we had in in late summer into the early fall there uh was rather unexpected and sudden as well so uh again like i mentioned earlier i think I think in this instance, you know, 2019, I think we've done everything we could. The contractors we had working for us did everything that they could. But, we, you know, we're just at the mercy of Mother Nature. And in 2020, it's going to be much of the same. We're still going to be at that mercy of Mother Nature. Um, and and just we'll have to adapt and and move these projects as long as best we can, should we be impacted. Yeah.
0: And, and being at the, the mercy of Mother Nature like that, when you're planning a project like this, do you typically build in some time for those types of delays, or is it strictly the number of work days that you need is what's, you know, the, the length of the project, and then any weather delays or just automatically have to be added on top of that? How does that work as you're planning
1: it? Uh, well, I mean, every work schedule will have uh, a little bit of float built into it, but mm-hmm. the, I, I can tell you, given the tight deadlines and the tight windows we have at each of these locks, there's not a whole lot of float in that mm-hmm. schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, there... we we do have other options available to us, you know, if, if, if we do need to speed things up, but again, that comes into, you know, funding comes into play there, uh, contractor availability. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that if, if anything does have to be accelerated. So, um, we are asking a lot of our, of our contractors for this coming year, along with our internal maintenance crews are going to be doing some work side by side, uh, with the contractors at some of these sites. It's, it's no doubt a big ask. It's a big project uh, with very tight and strict deadlines. Mm-hmm. So um, if we could get the weather to cooperate with us, all the better. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, and it's actually it's very helpful for our Pleasure Craft owners to know that there's not a lot of float built in there. Um, because as they're trying to plan what they're going to do to handle this, you know, if it, if it's spring comes and we're having a similar year as twenty nineteen, they may be able to alter their plans because at that point they're probably still several months out from when they would have been coming through. So that's actually very helpful information. So we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you and I communicated on a pretty regular basis during the partial closures and the full closures this year. Um, any lessons learned from that perspective from the recreational vessels on? what we might change for next year. I know we tried to get people, uh, our boats grouped into large groups so that they could lock through together. Um, you know, I, I believe that that seems to have worked pretty well, but what was your perspective and what else can we add on to that to help you and your staff to get us through?
1: I, I think you're, you're right on there. I mean, when we, when, when we talked throughout the year and trying to get everybody in large groups, that seemed to work out very well. Um, obviously, the more wreck boats we can get through in one lockage, <clears throat> the least amount of lockages we have to do and and then we could clear the queues that much quicker i know this year it was a little different because of the high water we had in the spring you know in the river the lower end of the river actually being closed due to water you know topping or coming close to topping a couple of the levees on the lower end of the river uh had barge traffic even more backed up than we anticipated Uh um prior to the closures in 2020 and right when we opened back up in 2020 i do expect that uh commercial traffic is going to be rather heavy i don't know that it's going to be like it was this year um I guess we'll have to wait and see how that goes, but absolutely, the more, the more rec boaters we can get in groups, the more they stick together, uh, the more they listen to the instructions of the lock operators as to where those safe spots are uh, to stay out of the way so nobody gets injured,
0: um,
1: the better. And I think by the time we got towards the end of the queue management uh, portion of this project this year, I think we had it all down pretty well. I think everything worked real, real well. Um And again, I thank you for for passing those messages along to your listeners and your uh great louvers uh community there and you know that that seemed to work very well for us
0: well and loopers are are usually you know they're just a great group and when we started to kind of get people together into larger groups we had a few you know just immediately stand up and say well i'll kind of take the lead on this group and be the one to communicate with the lockmasters which seems to have worked pretty well also so that they didn't have 20 different people calling them um but i think if i'm not mistaken mike i think it was at Marseilles that um there's just not a whole lot of room to wait there. So that's one place in particular that, you know, we encourage our members to make sure that they're in a spot that the lock staff is directing them to. Um, And also uh, for all of our members and listeners, just to be patient. You know, I I understand it's a very stressful situation for them. If they're out there on the river later in the season, than they ideally would like to be, but it's also extremely stressful. I'm sure for, um, all of the commercial operators on the waterway and for the lock staff as well. So it seems like everybody kind of worked together to get through this season pretty well. And there were a few, um, weights, but what's interesting about loopers is that it's typically a different group of people each year. So, um, you know, we kind of had to continue our education process that a four-hour w- hour wait is not actually that bad. <laughs> and that right, even in right. what's, you know, what's kind of considered a normal year, that's not unheard of. Of course, no one really likes to wait four hours, but it's not necessarily an unusual thing on a commercial waterway um you know i think and i think with all that our our members were extremely complimentary to your staff for the way they helped get everyone through so i think it worked very well um but we do need to look out towards 2023 as well and we've been doing as much education as we could about 2020 as soon as the plan came out you know 2019 um (laughs) We didn't anticipate being as big of an issue as it turned out to be because with the the work wrapping up a little bit late, it extended a little bit into what I would call looper season in that area. For 2020, we've known that was going to be the case all along. Um, So we've been doing a lot with that, and we've already, uh, just in the last week or so, we've actually started the process already of kind of grouping our members together um, based on how they plan to handle the closure, so that they can start to communicate with each other, um, you know. So those, as I mentioned, who might go through before closure, those who may, maybe are potentially planning to wait in Chicago, and I think um, this season's weather has people maybe rethinking that plan um, because November first in Chicago this year was extremely cold. So compared to some years. Uh, I think some people are rethinking that, but we're starting to get them into those groups to start communicating and figuring out what they'd like to do. Um, but as an early warning, looking out even further, uh, the continuation of this plan happens in 2023. So as of where we stand right now, to tell us what's supposed to happen in, in that year.
1: Sure, and we don't we don't have a whole lot of firm plans yet for 2023. I mean, obviously our our, our main concern so far has been 2019 and 2020, and then uh, once we get through 2020, we'll we'll actually be uh, getting into more substantial planning for 2023. As of right now, we're looking at uh, 2023 closures affecting Dresden Island, Brandon Road, uh, Lock and Dam. Uh, and we're looking around the time frame, probably very similar to this year, or, or I'm sorry, 2020. And we're looking at that July 1st to September 30th window as as the most likely dates for 2023. Uh, work at those two sites will be almost identical to work being performed at Marseille's Lock and Dam this year, where uh, the upper gates anchorages get replaced and then uh, some other major maintenance items.
0: Okay. So as of right now is there anything major planned between 2020 and 2023 and realizing that Brandon Road is a little bit of a wild card right now since that work hasn't been awarded.
1: Yeah, yeah, there there is that wild card out there. Um that looks like potentially the only substantial project that we see uh between 2023 20 no barring no no uh issues come up and no major breakdowns that require some kind of uh you know asset replacement or something like that, but those are deal with all the time so but yeah I don't see any any major closures planned as of right now for um, between the 2020 and 2023 closures.
0: Okay so for loopers who perhaps were originally thinking that 2020 might be the year they do the loop and have delayed that because of the closures they've they've got a couple of years (laughs) uh, looking at 2021 and 2022 where there should be No major extended closures, at least on the Illinois Waterway. That's all we can really speak to today. Um, But then for those who are starting their planning for several years out, 2023 might be another bit of a challenging year for loopers. But, you know, again, with a closure um, scheduled to end around September 30th, uh, very similar, actually, to where 2019 ended up being and, and a little shorter, hopefully, than 2020 will be. Um, so we'll, we'll be learning a lot from 2019 and 2020 that we can apply to 2023. And hopefully people can still do their loop that year if that was in their plans. Um, Mike, is there anything that, anything else that our listeners need to know before we wrap up?
1: I, I can't think of anything. I mean, maybe, uh, of course, you have my contact information. So anytime anything comes up, any questions or any concerns from any of your listeners or anybody from your guys' great group, uh, feel free to reach out to me and I'll I'll answer any questions I can. The only thing I'll add there is um, all the updates for all of our closures in 2020 and 2023 are posted on the Rock Island District um, Corps of Engineers website. And if you go to mvr.usace.army.mil, and on the right-hand side, you'll see um, uh, a link there for navigation. Once you click on that link, scroll down to 2020 Consolidated Closures, and then all the closure information is there. We do update that as new information becomes available. So if those dates do shift a little bit or if we do end up awarding Brandon Road, uh, all that information will be posted on that site. And, again, it is a public website, so anybody could go to that and be updated on the latest dates. And also the Rock Island District has an app, too, uh, with a navigation portal on it, and we keep all that updated as well.
0: That's perfect. And I'll include a link to that in the um, description of this particular episode of the podcast so that people can find that a little bit more easily. But yeah, it's a great page that Mike's referring you to. It gives you all of the dates that you need. Um, And Mike, if you'll continue to send information my way when it needs to be disseminated, I'll keep doing that and um, look forward to working with you on it again in 2020. Absolutely. All right, Mike, thanks for joining us again on Great Loop Radio. And to our listeners, thank you for listening once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.